Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up? Happy Friday. Happy football Friday, everybody. This is Chris Halleck of the Southside Beat. No Corey today. Um, he is traveling uh, to Winston-Salem, North Carolina for Pitt and Wake Forest tomorrow. So I'm here to, <laughs> to give you guys a Friday show. Uh, thank you guys for joining already. Um, we're going to have a good day today. Uh, you guys, without Corey here, you guys are in in the co-host chair with me. Um, and for everybody who's listening, you know, later on, whenever it's not live and everything, thank you for tuning in and for putting up with me rambling for 30 minutes. So I appreciate that. Um, Swan two, six, nine, and three bells. Let's roll. Heck yeah, guys. Let, let's, let's hit those likes. Joe, appreciate it. What's up? Um, yeah, let's, uh, let, let's have some fun today, man. Uh, and, uh, there weren't enough views to get the Tony Romo, Romo impression today. So, um, maybe I'll give, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you guys a couple, uh, a couple of little seconds of it here, here and there. But, um, uh, and Swan comes in with a good question here to, to address right away, because this is obviously we're, we're going to be talking Steelers football today. And part of that is news. So <clears throat> Swan asks, Hey, Chris, how bad is, uh, Watts, uh, what a uh, heel injury? Um, he said it's minor. He expects to play. Um, I, obviously I'm not there. I'm all the way in. Forney, Texas, uh, but uh, DK covered from the south side today. Uh, saw the video uh, that that DK you know uh, shared and, and and everything like that. And um, yeah, so said it's minor. So that, I mean, that's obviously a good thing. Uh, we'll see what the injury report says if he has any kind of injury designation uh, at all. Um, obviously, no injury designation or probable would be very good. Questionable, you kind of kind of wonder, but the fact that TJ's expecting to play is always a good sign. So, um, and yes, I already see people in there in the comments saying, did Gunner get cut? According to reports from uh, a report from Tom Pelissero of uh, NFL network. Yes, he will be getting released. It's not official yet. The Steelers have not announced it. Um, but Gunner will be released according to NFL network. And that's usually a pretty reputable place to, to, you know, get reports before official uh, moves happen. So, um, well, Matthew, you don't have to worry about it. You know, if the news is true, which again, I mean, <laughs> coming from NFL Network, it seems like it's pretty true. You don't have to worry about Gunner returning kicks anymore or wearing number 89 in black and gold anymore. So, um, Randy, appreciate it, man. Recruited three likes. All you do is smash the like button once. Uh, yeah, guys, um, just. 
all the likes, uh, subscriptions, everything like that you possibly can do. Um, we, we really appreciate it. And seriously, like anything you guys do is just the, out of the kindness of your own hearts. Like we're, we're not, it's just awesome. The support that we're getting, this is obviously still a really young show, but we, we really appreciate everybody who's, uh, supporting us. Um, sorry, Corey can't make it today. Obviously, you know, these things are going to happen every now and then, um, you know, we're different, you know, different things pop up. This is, you know, another, <laughs> something else work-related. It's not like something personal came up or anything. It's just He's got to go cover pit and had to travel today. So it just wasn't going to happen today. So, but we don't want to take away uh, a day of the South side beat for you. So I figure, you know, I can still come on here. I can talk with you guys. You guys can, you know, give me all the questions you want to give me, give me all the comments. We can talk Steelers football. That's obviously what we're here for. But if you want to talk something else, we can talk something else. Uh, that's fine too. So, um, yeah, and really, I really do want to hit hit one thing for sure, and which is why the title of the episode today is No More Room for Excuses. Um, Swan, really quick, before, before I hit on that, the King really is still kind of a mystery. It's really not. He wasn't good in kick returns and really just didn't play well uh, in practice, didn't, didn't perform well in practice, earned one defensive snap, if he's not earning his way forward, you know, you've seen it with like Joey Porter Jr. He's continuously gotten more and more responsibility. Broderick Jones, you know, right there, you know, guys get more responsibilities, the better they play. Keanu Benton getting more responsibility, the better he plays. If that never happened with Desmond King, most likely the, the main reason is because he just didn't perform well enough in practice. He wasn't a good kick returner, so. Barber impersonation Friday. Uh, I'll see. I've got a few impersonations up my sleeve. We'll, we'll see what we'll see what I can what I can figure out here today. Um, I don't know, Jim. Um, there's a Tony Roma for you. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, the, this is a really good opportunity to to really hit on what I really want to talk about today. Um, there was a comment that kind of brought it up, and I, I kind of lost it now. But um, listen, like. The bye week is now, I mean, they're coming out of the bye week. You know, they got this game coming up on Sunday. They they really, really, really need to get this done. Like, uh, James, uh, you must be joining late. Everything is good with TJ's injury. Um, I'm trying to put, I'm hitting, I'm hitting, I'm clicking it. There we go. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. TJ, uh, he said it's minor. He expects to play. So we're good there. And anybody who's tuning in late, Corey's not here. Uh, he's, uh, traveling for, um, uh, he's traveling for pit, uh, tomorrow, uh, to play wake for us. So, uh, Corey won't be playing. He'll be covering the game. Um, but yeah. Um, Randy saying no more room for excuses. Yeah. The bye week really, if the Steelers still play bad, they don't have any more excuses. You know, whenever the, a team goes into a bye week and this is not just the Steelers, this is really any NFL team. It's an opportunity to really clean up anything that's not going well. Um, now with the Steelers, there were several issues, um, like several, several issues. Um, I could name just a, just a few on offense, obviously play calling on offense, uh, overall passing game, Kenny missing throws early on in the season, uh, the running game, just not getting going uh, the offensive line, not blocking on the defensive side. They're still giving up big plays through the air. Levi Wallace, Patrick Peterson just can't seem to cover anybody. 
they're still getting gashed on the ground, you know, um, which is, you know, reverting back to what the defense was in 2021 instead of what it was last year, which was ended up being a ninth ranked defense against the run. There's just, there's so many issues that need to be addressed. Now, last year, the bye week did wonders to this team. They saw the issues that needed to be fixed. They corrected them. They weren't perfect after the bye week, but they were a much, much better football team. Yes, the schedule was lighter. That helped too. The schedule was really rough in the first half of the season last year. The schedule lightened up. They cleaned up some things. You don't, you don't jump from like 94, 96, whatever it was, rushing yards per game to 146 yards rushing per game just because the schedule got lighter. That's that's not the only reason why. They cleaned up things. They became a better football team in the second half of last season. And we're just one breath away from clinching a playoff worth after a two and six start. Uh, Crystal, thank you for the donation. Two dollars. Uh, appreciate it so much. She says, are we making too much of the Deontay Johnson return? Absolutely not. Deontay will absolutely be. I, I've got a chalk talk piece that it's not my most recent one, but it came out about a week ago, maybe a little bit more than a week ago uh, about what Deontay's return to the offense means. So if you, if you can try to find it on the website, uh, it's a chalk talk on what Deontay means. And Matt Williamson wrote about it too. in in one of his war, war room pieces, not his latest one, but uh, I think the one before. So myself and Matt Williamson, both telling you Deontay Johnson means a lot coming back to this offense that will help things. Them getting healthy is a big part of this bye week too. And yeah, the, 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 the bad news and, uh, and, and Robert brings it up. The bad news is that uh, Pat Fryermuth re-aggravated his hamstring injury. He's going to be out Sunday. Looks like he's going to be out multiple weeks because of it. That is obviously a, uh, a, a huge, you know, a huge issue. Um, if Fryer, if that wouldn't have happened with Fryermuth, this offense very, very well could have been 100% healthy going into Sunday's game. And that's something that the Steelers just desperately, desperately needed. Uh, but even without Fryermuth, getting back Deontay, getting James Daniels back, even if it's, you know, whether or not he's starting, whatever the, the case may be with Dan Moore, him, him coming back at the bare minimum helps the depth at tackle, right? I'm trying to look at it with a glass half full there. Um, Dan Moore being back (laughs) definitely helps the depth of tackle. So no more excuses now. You've had your bye week. You've had the opportunity to correct the issues. Now, again, I don't expect the team to be perfect. They shouldn't be perfect. Like, no team's going to be perfect. But they have to be better. Um, Yeah. I mean, Mr. Woods, Woods, CY or Cy or whatever, like Pat is having a terrible year. I don't think any of the tight ends are really having a terrible year. It's just like they're not being used at all. Like I, I don't think it's a Pat Fryermuth issue. I don't think it's a Darnell Washington issue. They've both had their issue. And like Darnell Washington is obviously, a, a, you know, a really good blocker. He's a better blocker than Pat Fryermuth is, but. Pat hasn't been utilized whenever he's been out there. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, the, the excuse there, there's no more. If the Steelers go out there on Sunday and uh, he, he, okay, he can't block your, I mean, he can't block. That's fine. Like he's still a really, he's still the best receiving tight end on the team. He just is. It's not even close. He's a better, he's a way better route runner. He's a better pass catcher. 
just he just it, it, his absence hurts. There's no question about that. There's there's little to argue about that. And of all the issues that there are on offense, the tight end is down the list. Play calling needs to be fixed. Figuring out the, how to get the running game going. This offense will will go as far as the running game takes them. If they don't run the football, nothing's happening. And we're, we're seeing it. We've seen it for the first five games. They haven't been able to run the ball. I, just they haven't been able to run the ball. You can't run the ball. You're not gonna. This offense isn't isn't going anywhere. Um. So, I just th- this team needs needs to go out there. They need to play well. If they go out there on Sunday and they they crap the bed again, I don't know. Uh, Randy saying, you know, Connor Hayward, you know, being underutilized. I mean, it's. I agree. I, I would say being underutilized. Now, I, I think that they want to try to figure out a way to kind of use him in a in a in a hybrid type way where he can be fullback on one play, he can be a tight end on another play, he can line up in the slot on another play. Um, I think they want to kind of use him the way because he's kind of built to do that. He's not built like your traditional tight end. How many six foot tight ends do you do you see in the NFL? It doesn't happen very often. These guys are usually big, big people. And Connor Hayward's not that. So he's a he's a different type of weapon. I think the Steelers are still trying to figure that out. Um, part of that goes part of that goes with with Matt Canada. Like you got to figure out, you got to figure that out. You have somebody who can be a weapon. He's he showed last year as he got more and more involved in the offense that he can catch, that he can run routes. He's not perfect at it. He needs to get better at it. But he's also a young a young player. Joe, yes, Gunner. It's not official, but according to NFL Network, he will be released. Yes. Um. So, and I, that that's something. Uh, this you know, Miltank's uncle said. I mean, we need a real OC. I mean, that's just something that's not going to happen until after after this year. Um. Yes, Gunner. Gunner gone. Gunner gone. I'll, I'll probably have to hit that a couple more times before the before the show's over. Um, yeah. So uh, Jerry uh, asked, "How's how's McFarland's knee?" Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to hear a double check here in just a second. But uh, uh, he was a full participant Wednesday, so him and Deontay Johnson are both in the same situation where they are in their 21 window uh, to return from IR. So they're back at practice, um, and McFarland. Uh, has been a full participant in both days this week. Uh, so has Deontay Johnson. So good sign for both of those guys. So McFarland being a full participant in practice uh, both days this week is a pretty good sign. If he was a full participant again today, then that's a really good sign. Crystal, thank you so much uh, for gifting five memberships. We really appreciate that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to probably have to hit this a few more times. Uh, TJ says he's good to go off. Louis asked, uh, just got in here. Is TJ good to go? Uh, according to TJ himself, he's expecting to play, uh, the heel issues, minor, uh, the fi- issue with the finger is something that said, he said he can manage. Uh, so that according to TJ, yes, he's playing. Uh, we'll see what the injury report says, what the, if there's any injury designation at all, but that's according to TJ. Um, let's see. Hodge. It's obviously difficult to utilize everyone. The offense is averaging less than six plays per drive. Well, that's true. They aren't sustaining drives. And what's one of the main reasons why they're not sustaining drives. They're not running the football. It's I'm going to keep going back to it. And like, I, I understand that this is a passing league. 
and I think the Steelers eventually need to try to embrace that. And maybe when they get an offensive coordinator, um, you know, who maybe is a little bit more creative at being able to do that. Um, and also Kenny continues to grow as a quarterback, maybe going into year three, and this would be a great opportunity to do that. The Steelers should be more of a passing team, but in terms of this year's offense, and that's the the context in which we have to talk about when it comes to the Steelers fixing their issues, because we can talk about Matt Canada needing to be fired. We can talk about all that different stuff. That's all hypothetical stuff because it's just not happening. You just have to, and, and even if Matt Canada was fired, and somebody else was promoted to offensive coordinator to fill in for the rest of the year. It, the offense isn't changing. It just the only thing that would change is the sequence of play calls and different things like that. The, the playbook's not changing. It's it's too late to do that. So, um, Robert, I appreciate it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's I, I did solo podcast you know on previous beats before, so I kind of get used to you know, rambling a little bit. Um, and my wife is used to me rambling too. So it happens. Um, but yeah, no. It, so this team has to be able to run the ball. They they just have to, if they don't run the ball, the office isn't going anywhere. The office doesn't go anywhere. They're not making the playoffs. Um, yeah. I mean, Ed, Ed, you know, saying, you know, can this, can this offense score in its first drive, please? Uh, anything they can do, do to get off to a better start. Absolutely helps. Uh, because it allows them to play, you know, with, you know, with a lead or, you know, allows them to get, you know, you know, more opportunities to try to establish the run because obviously, you know, in games like they did against the 49ers, if they fall behind, they get one dimensional, they, they can't do anything. Uh, John, that, that ain't happening. <laughs> That's not happening. Najee for a uh, trade for, of Najee for Saquon just ain't, isn't happening. Um, I'm on. I'm obviously not not close. Miltek's on glass. The Najee trade room is true. Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm not there. I'm not on the beat. I'm not a beat reporter anymore. Um, you have to be there to be on a, to be a beat reporter. And obviously, I'm not there. Um, I'm dealing with the North Texas allergies right now instead of having to deal with the uh, lantern flies on the south side. Uh, but I, I, if I just my best educated guess, no. No, they're not true. Um, but I'm not there. So I, anything that I say is I don't fully trust it myself because I'm not there talking to the to the people inside, you know, inside the walls. But educated guess, no, it's not happening, especially not a, a trade of like, to, you know, Najee for Saquon straight up. If something like that were to happen, it would be especially because Saquon's bound to be a free agent, you know, if, if he's not franchise tagged. So, um I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not there. I I, I really, really wish that I could, that I could, you know, give a better answer, but I just want to be transparent with you. If I'm not there, you know, talking to the people, you know, inside the facility, you know, and have a much, much better, you know, anything else that, you know, if you cover, if you followed my work while I was covering the beat last year, anything that I said, I said with, with certainty, because I, I knew, where I was getting my, my information from. Um, so I, I can't give you a fully educated guess there. Um, let's see here. Off loose says more Austin. I mean, Hey, more Calvin Austin is fine. And honestly, with Deontay coming back, I'd really like to see Calvin Austin operate out of the slot more because without Deontay, Calvin's been lining up more out, you know, on the outside because I, I don't think Allen Robinson can 
line up outside very often anymore. Like it's, you know, it's just, he's kind of at that age where he doesn't have the ability to separate the way he, you know, he did, you know, a while back, you know, whenever he was a bit younger, but you know, not that he's like an old man or anything like that, but it's just, he's much, his game right now is much better out of the slot. And, you know, unless you're operating, you know, out of a wide set, you know, you can't have both Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin in the slot at the same time, uh, you know, for the most part, when the Steelers are operating out of like 12 personnel, stuff like that, you're obviously not doing that. Um, so yeah, but I want to see more Calvin Austin too. I really do. Uh, I want to see him operate more out of the slot. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Joe says Najee is good. Listen, I, I, I agree with you, Joe. And I, I my latest chalk talk um, embraces fully head on the Najee versus Jalen uh, debate that people have, you know, because there are a lot of people that are convinced that Jalen Warren should be the lead back. And, uh, I just don't see how I don't buy it. I just don't. The issues with the running game, when you look at like who's all responsible for the running backs are at the the bottom. You got like play calling scheme, predictability, offensive line kind of right there. And then running backs down here. Um, I just, that that's, that's what I think. So, um, and Crystal says, yeah, if this fan base thinks Najee's a problem, you're not watching the tape. And again, I, Crystal's right. Go go watch my Chalk Talk thing. It's not taking anything off of Najee's, uh, you know, taking anything away from Najee in terms of, like, things that he needs to do better. There are things he needs to do better. And I specifically illustrated one major thing he needs to do better in that piece. So it's not like I'm just trying to push any kind of agenda. It is literally going into – looking at the data, looking at the film and just being like, okay, I'm going to tell you what I think based on what I see. And Bob, the one of the biggest issue, correct. The run blocking is terrible. It's not been good at all. It's gotten like slightly better over the course of the season. Um, It was awful. The first two weeks, I'd say maybe even three weeks, Got a little bit better in Houston, especially in the second half. That was one of the main reasons why Najee was able to get going. Um, and then, you know, some moments against the Ravens. I know they didn't ru- they didn't rush for as many yards against the Ravens, but watching the film, you could see you could see different different plays that were blocked better that you weren't seeing in the first couple of weeks. It's like, okay, I see how they almost hit that, right? Um, so, but overall, yes, the blocking has been bad. It just, it just has been, um, Monaga Halo Mike says the scheme is terrible. Um, again, I kind of embrace this in, in my chalk talk on Najee versus Jalen. I don't know if it's necessarily the scheme, um, because, and, and here's the reason why, and I'll kind of go into this again. You know, Najee is a better so the Steelers pr- predominantly run outside zone concepts in terms of running the football. They they run a mixture of everything every team does, but every team has their niche of like things that they predominantly do. The Ravens predominantly run gap schemes. That's just the way that they run the football. The Steelers primarily run outside zone. You would think with Najee, okay, he's north south, he needs to be running up the middle. Why don't you do inside zone? Why don't you do more gap schemes? Well, it's because Najee, first off, is a better zone runner than he is a gap runner. 
that goes back to his Alabama days. So the Steelers knew what they were getting whenever they drafted Najee, and it goes down to little minutia like that. He's a better zone runner than he is a gap runner. Okay, good. That's one thing. The other part of it is when you run outside zone, if blocked properly, you are giving the running back most of the time a one-on-one in space against a defensive back, and if you can block it properly against a cornerback, depending on what the defense is doing. If the defense is loaded up front, you probably don't get the opportunity to, get, to have the one-on-one against the cornerback. It might be against the safety, whatever it is. But that's what you want to do when you're running outside zone. And when you think of a running back like Najee Harris, one-on-one in space with the cornerback, that should be that should favor Najee most of the time. So that makes sense if blocked properly. The problem this year is that outside zone is not being blocked very well. And one of the things that I pointed out in the Najee thing was in the Najee versus Jalen thing was Najee needs to beat cornerbacks in space more often. So that's like the one, one thing that Najee really needs to be better at. So um, it's, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say the scheme is bad because they actually have some really good running plays that when they run crunch, they usually do a really good job of executing crunch. And it's a nice running play to have on first or second down, especially like if it's second long, you want to run a running play, especially if it's, you know, if, if the if the defense is in like a sub package like nickel or something like that, it's something that can really work on like second and eight, second and nine. You want to make it third and three, third and four. It's a good running play to 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 to, to do. I mean, absolutely. Um they have they have some good plays in there. They have some good concepts when it comes to running the football. It really is mainly execution, because when properly executed more consistently, last year is what you see. The second half of last year is what happens. They rush for 146 yards per game. Because if they were blocking properly, the Steelers would be running the football a lot better. They wouldn't be complaining about it. And this team might be four and one instead of three and two. Um. Let's see. Let me go through here. Um, uh, Chris, we're not talking about Chooks as much for being the longest starter. Have the zone runs on his side. Just uh, just haven't worked the season. I can see them moving on from Chooks. Um, it's really been both tackles. Really, when I talk about both tackles, I mean Dan Moore and Chooks. Uh, it's it's been bad on both sides. It really has. Uh, there are times where Chooks is getting pushed back. Chooks is much much better whenever he's blocking down. Um, uh, on the weak side of the play, you know, if the, if the, if the play is going to Dan Moore side and, and they're running outside zone, that means Chooks is having to block to seal off in case not in case they made the primary attack point and the uh, cutback lane up the middle are both blocked off. Chooks is doing a better job of blocking off his edge so that Najee has an opportunity to cut all the way back against the play. If the defense as a whole over pursues, the problem is, is that, not only are the primary attack points and the uh, cutback lane up the middle not open, they're not only not open, they're in Najee's lap by the time he's trying to run the football. So he doesn't even have time to try to cut all the way back against the defense. And I, if you remember the play uh, where Najee was trying to run a sweep to the side, to the, to the, you know, to the left side against the Browns, And he just stopped and started running back all the way. And he ended up gaining like 20 something yards. I think it was, I remember it was, it was a pretty, you know, pretty good size gain. If you watch Chooks on that play, he blocks his guy down really, really well to seal off the edge on his side, which helped Najee be able to cut all the way back. So, uh, but overall the tackles have not been, have not been great. Uh, It just 
overall. And it's not just the tackles. It really is across the board. Isaac, uh, Isaac Samalo has probably been their best offensive lineman so far in terms of, you know, bet like, you know, not only performance, but availability. He's been there every game. His pass blocking is getting better and better. He was phenomenal in pass in pass protection against the Texans. Um, Samalo is getting better. And, and Samalo was primarily brought in to help press prote- uh, pass protect up the middle. And then when you talk about trading up for Broderick Jones, eventually he can hopefully become a good pass protector protector as well. He's obviously a better run blocker now than he is pass protector. But, um, I mean, you got to play him. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we don't know unless it's been announced, and I haven't seen it yet. Um, yeah, it's just uh, they need uh, they need to play Broderick Jones. I'll just put it that way. Um, let's see. We got a dang. It's already two twenty seven. Two twenty seven my time. Three twenty seven Eastern. Um. Uh, Rob says Najee would fare better if he would run more downhill instead of trying to look like Le'Veon Bell hesitating jukes. Well, part of the problem when running when running outside zone is that you have to have the patience to see what hole is opening up when you're running zone because you have a primary attack point, but if you over pursue that attack point and it's closed off, you really will get no gain. And then, and then, and this is where the, the, the Twitter film room people, you know, all those guru guys will start blasting Najee for being like Trent Richardson and not seeing holes open up because when you're running outside zone and you just try to attack the, the main attack point off tackle no matter what, and if that cutback lane up the middle is wide open, that's whenever Najee's going to start getting shredded. Rightfully so, because part of running zone is having the patience to see is to read the linebacker behind the play, not only see the holes that are opening up, but also reading the the linebackers behind the play. What gaps are they going to fill? What gaps are they favoring? Where do I have leverage on them? Oh, it looks like they're going to going to favor to take back the cutback lane up the middle. Then guess what? Now I am going to go full head of steam and try to get as many yards as I can through the, my main attack point. Or if the main attack point, if they're favoring to cut off the main attack point, then I can cut back up the middle and hit it hard. But that initial burst after he gets the ball when running zone concepts, you can't just try to hit the hole as fast as you can because you could possibly miss a wide open cutback lane. Um, so uh, that's bad. Is there any other block uh, run blocking style uh, in the zone of guy? I mean, no, I mean, that whenever when we're talking about like breaking things down to basics, it's either zone blocking where linemen are. Re- essentially responsible for a zone based off of, okay, are we mainly blocking to get a run up the middle? Are we blocking to get outside or gap is gap is also like considered to be man as well. So it's usually gap slash man. So you block down on. So if you're, you know, when you're talking about blocking, you know, gap or, or man concepts, if there's a guy in front of, you know, for offensive linemen, if there's a guy in front of you, you block that guy. If there's not a guy in front of you, uh, it depends on, you know, what else, you know, do you get to the second level, do whatever else you need to do uh, because there's a primary hole a, like one hole that needs to be hit by the running back when running gap. And that's why Jalen Warren is a better gap runner than he is a zone runner because Jalen Warren is the type of running back to just hit the hole, you know, see the hole, hit the hole. And that's why Jalen Warren is statistically a better ga- a gap runner than he is a zone runner. Um and that's why Najee's a better zone runner because he doesn't hit the hole as hard. He uses his vision to kind of see what, where, where is the hole opening? What, what is happening? How are things breaking down? And you would like a back like Najee to have a little bit 
better acceleration so that he can get more yards. And that's what made Le'Veon Bell so good is that he could just put a foot in the ground. I just made the camera shake, but he could just put a foot in the ground and go. And so if he sees a cutback lane open up or he sees his primary attack point open up, puts a foot in the ground and just takes off immediately. That's one of the things that made Le'Veon Bell so, so good. That Najee doesn't have that same burst, but what Najee doesn't have with that same burst, he has more just straight up strength. I mean, we've seen him carry guys and throw guys with a stiff arm and stuff like that. He's just a more powerful back. He just doesn't have that same acceleration, that same burst that Le'Veon Bell had. Uh, Crystal, turning to the defensive side, Mink is going to be the MVP of this game. I, I hope so. And the problem is, the problem that I'm seeing with Minka isn't necessarily being Minka, is that I don't like the way he's being utilized playing closer to the line of scrimmage. He needs to be playing further back in the second, you know, on the, on the third level patrolling center field. That's what Minka does best. That's why he, you know, was tied for the league leading interceptions last year. Let Minka be Minka. Don't try to make Minka Troy Palomalo. Uh, that, that's, that's what I, I would think. Um, man. All right. So we do, we do need to start wrapping this up, but so I'll just go ahead. Okay. Final thoughts. If you guys have any have any final thoughts, throw them in here. Oh, yeah, and I have to give my prediction, too. So that'll be my final thought today. I forgot. Today's Friday, Football Friday. So prediction time. Let's see. Drop your predictions in. I'll try to put as many on, on as I can. Uh, Swan, really quick, says it'll be interesting to see Harvin after the injury. I'm also curious because Presley Harvin is probably punting the best he ever has in his career before he got injured. Um, and, and good for him because he tries. he cares a lot. He tries really hard. Um, it was good to see him have some success. Like it's just, it's kind of like if you've seen the office, the episode of Kevin, where he just, it's just nice to win one. Like when you see Presley have some consistency, finally, it's like, you kind of have that same feeling towards him just because he's such a good dude who works so hard at what he does. It's just good to see that. Um, and Mike Steelers 17 Rams 13. John says, like the Steelers 27 17. Swan will go the other way. Rams 27, Steelers 16. Um, let's see. The Rams are a really, really difficult. They're a difficult challenge. Matthew Stafford still got it. Um he just he still got it. Um <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's comment of the day so far. These ga- I think this game is going to be more like Kevin's famous chili. <laughs> hey, you know what? When it's not spilled, I actually made Brian Bum- uh, Bumgarner's uh, uh, recipe before. It's actually pretty good chili. It's pretty good. Um, The Rams do present a really, really big challenge, though, for, for sure. Um, Matthew Stafford still got it. I don't know who the heck is going to cover uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, even if Joey Porter Jr. is out there trying to lock him down, man, like I, I'm very encouraged by what Joey Porter Jr. has done this year. But Cooper Cup is, especially if he's starting to get healthy, like really get healthy again, he's starting to look more and more like he was when he was Offensive Player of the Year. Dude, it's dangerous. Like I, trying to put a rookie on him, I don't, I don't care. That that's that's difficult. Um, and then Aaron Donald, like how are they how are they going to slow him down? Because you're not going to neutralize him. How do you slow him down? <laughs> Um, but did a lot of talking about outside zone today, outside zone for the Steelers matches up well against the Rams. Rams are really good up the middle. Obviously Aaron Donald's there. They're not as strong on the edges. 
This is a Rams defense that's that ranks 22nd against against the run. Um, they can run the football on this team, Aaron Donald or not. The Rams are not stopping teams from running the football. They're they're just not 122 yards a game, 22nd in the in the league. They're not stopping teams from running the ball. And then some of you might not like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mike Tomlin's teams since taking over as head coach in 2007 are 12 and four after the bye week. Um, this he knows how to get the team ready. They make their adjustments, and three quarters of the time they get wins after the bye. So. While I still really, really want to see, I am nowhere near as optimistic as I was going into week one. I'm going to have faith that the work the Steelers put into during the bye week is going to produce enough tangible results. I don't, I'm not encouraged as, oh my God, like this is a whole new team. Like I'm not, I'm not expecting to see that, but I'm expecting to see a better football team. Um, And I think the Rams running back situation also um, makes, makes it really difficult to stay two-dimensional for them. And if the Steelers can make the Rams one-dimensional, um, they have a better uh, opportunity to slow them down enough. So I'm going to say Steelers win 20-17. to 17. Corey says, uh, you know, he, he gave his prediction yesterday, but I'll give his prediction too. Corey says Rams 23-20. Actually, what Corey said because the internet broke up was, I'm going to predict it's 23-20. And then he just cut off and it was awesome. Um, uh, Swan says, uh, Tomlin's record on the West coast cancels bye week success. Uh, they went to the West coast. I, I mean, it's Vegas, but it's still Pacific time zone. They went to Vegas and won earlier this year. So I know the Raiders are bad, but again, it's, I'm going more with, I'm going more with what the team does during the bye week. I could be wrong. I, I have no, I have no problem. And part of me, part of me, there's a very, very, very small part of me that wanted to choose something different than Corey because Corey and I are both the same record um, when predicting the games this year. And I want to break that. I don't care if I, if I lose and he wins or if I win and he loses, I just don't want to be the same record anymore. One way or the other. Um, Randy asks, as far as I know, I think there is a Ramon show today. I want to say there is, I want to say DK said there was going to be one today. So I, I do believe there is one. I think don't quote me on that. Um, so that's uh, that's my prediction for the game. Um, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, this was uh, this was this went better than I thought it would. I uh, didn't give as many Tony Romo impressions though, Jim. I didn't do it. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, DK leaving for uh, LA to, uh, leaving tomorrow for LA. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know his flight flight itinerary. Um, but. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun show today. Thank you guys for all the all the questions, all the comments, uh, for your predictions, and uh, you know for the any any donations you guys do, any uh, memberships that you guys gift. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome, uh, Joe. Appreciate it. Um, really, really appreciate the uh, uh, the compliments. Uh, flying solo is not as easy as uh, you know riding with a wingman. Uh, like I said, I'm, you know, this is me being Christian Bale and not being uh, Val Kilmer or George Clooney. I don't have my Chris O'Donnell next to me. Not that I consider myself Batman, but I mean, um, <laughs> a little bit quite appreciate it, man. Yeah. Uh, cheers for sure. Tonight, uh, I will be, I will be cheers and all, all night tonight, uh, for sure. Once, uh, once all the work's done, uh, it's, it's going to be, uh, going to be going into the weekend with a, with a, with a good note for sure. 
Um, so thank you guys so much for, for all of your, uh, all of your, uh, contributions, all, all of your support and for tuning in. Uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, you know, the best you possibly can. Uh, hopefully for, for Steelers fans, it, it goes well and we can, uh, uh, talk on a, on a victory Monday instead of a, um, instead of a, a sour Monday. I don't know what you would, what else you would call it, but thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Peace out guys.